welcome to the Honor Roll Insurance Podcast. This is a podcast of the Toscano Agency, which, by the way, was founded on Bill Toscano's porch over 50 years ago, while his five kids were running around. Strange place to start a business, the front porch, right? It's because his wife would not let him use the dining room. We're still family-owned, operated, and friendly. Have you checked out our webinar library? We have a webinar on demand section on our website where you can view over 60 of our webinars that we've recorded. Check it out today. Today, we're discussing detrimental distractions. Stop the multitasking. Without further ado, here is today's episode. Hey, Dana, it's Friday or Friday. Yeah, Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Oh my gosh, Nicole, this topic, I mean, it can't come at a better time. I don't know about you, but I've been distracted as all get out, I'm going to say this week. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we're talking about detrimental distractions and how to stop the multitasking. A lot of us, I will say, especially females, no, no, not picking, but I I just think that females um, tend to have more of an overflowing plate these days. Um, No offense to the men out there, but we try to multitask and some of us brag and say that, oh, I'm a fantastic multitasker. I wish my husband would learn how to multitask. And, you know... Sometimes it it feels as though it's something we have to do because we have so much to get done, but there's scientific proof behind the inefficiencies of multitasking because you aren't actually giving something um, your full attention. And because of that, you're making errors or you have to go back or, you know, you're not being as effective and, um, you know, you may be talking to somebody and working on something else. And that conversation you're having with somebody, you're actually listening to them. Plus you're trying to talk and type at the same time. And you got type outs and you're not making sense in the communication you're typing up. You might as well just stop one of them, do it right. And pick up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just thinking, you know, it's funny. A lot of people, I never really had one I'm full disclosure, but like have these vision boards for their, you know, and their goals in life. You know, I don't think anyone ever put on there. I want to be a multitasker and do 50 things at one time. You know what I mean? We just all end up doing it because we all get overwhelmed at times and it just, it happens. And like you said, Nicole, I'm not trying to be gender biased, but I think sometimes with women, we feel like we have to get it all done. So the only way to do it is to multitask. And there's times, honestly, I wish I could be more like my husband and just be like, oh, no, I'm doing this right now. I can't do that at the moment. You know, you know what I mean? Like when I go out, yeah, when I when I go out for an errand or if I have multiple errands to run, I plan a route. So I stop and then I'd make all one big trip. Well, not my husband. I'm not saying it's the most efficient thing, but if that what he's doing right now only has one trip involved, even though he has to go back out there possibly later the next day to his store next to it, he doesn't care. He's only doing the one thing and he's coming back and he's completing that one thing. And then he'll worry about going back out later. In my mind, that drives me crazy, but I'm multitasking and Mm -hmm. he's not. And Mm -hmm. so where I get not upset. I just was like, how does he do that? I can't not go out and do, get it all done, you know? Right. You know, I, okay. So if we're talking about husbands, and there's definitely a difference between males and females when it comes to this multitasking thing, you know, and my husband sucks at multitasking. He can't do it. He just can't do it. And that's fine. Because honestly, we really shouldn't be doing it. We should be 
focused and listening and absolutely involved in whatever it is we're doing and not allow our brain to go off in different directions. So I have this issue and yes, we are newly married. We're in month eight. Um, however, I try to be as efficient as possible. I will write out my store list. I will do, I go to three different places. It might not sound very efficient, but it works for me. So I will order my grocery order for pickup at Walmart and I'll, I'll set to pick that stuff up. While Sophie's at dance class, then I'm going, going to Aldi while she's in dance class to get all my produce and my meat. And then I'll stop at Sam's to get the things I get at Sam's. Now it's like a triangle between these three places in the dance studio. This is what I do while my child's at dance. I find, (laughs) I take this on as like my personal mission to make sure I have an organized grocery list that we do not run out of anything during the week. And we don't have to make any extra trips to the grocery store. If we do, I feel like I have failed and I get upset. Not like crazy woman upset, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, I planned our meals. I got the ingredients together. You know, I'm big on healthy meals and that takes a lot of ingredients as many of us know. And, you know, I, I am like perfectionistic about this. So if I'm cooking something or we're making something for dinner or lunch, because my husband and I both work from home. So now we've got another meal to plan together. Um, so if we run out of something and I'm like, oh, man, it's, like, it's no big deal. I'll just go to the store and get something I'm like what a waste of time. So you drive over there, take the time to do it. Come back. That's an hour, an hour now. I know you all may be like, Nicole, it's only an hour, but an hour on a weeknight when there's a bazillion other directions to run, we got to pick up sofa, or get her here or do whatever. I'm just like, it's like geeks me out. And he me, he's like, just come on, it's like no big deal. I can go to the store. I'll just focus on going to the store. I'm like, well, we need to do blah, 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 blah. And you know, there it goes, you know. <laughs> and while you're there, you might as well do this. And you know, the store right next, the dollar store is next door and I need this, you know, and they want to, they want to kill us. Then they're like, no, no joke, Nicole. Um, well, you know, I, I think with the grocery store, I just have this love hate. We have to go there, but I hate going there. So like, you want to do the one-stop shop and never have to go back for a week. Last Saturday, I was in that plaza at least two times already that day. Mm-hmm. And then we had to go back. And sounds like, I've been in, I've been in that grocery store three times already today. I was like, three times? Like, my head exploded. <laughs> I was like, no. And it, and I remember I had, there was one other thing in a store in the same plaza later that day that hit my mind. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just can't. I hit my quota. I can't go back to that same plaza where my grocery store is. I've already been there two times today. Not happening. Like I, I mean, I have quotas and then I just stop it. I'll, I'll make it work. I don't need it. Right. I'll just do something else. I'll make something else. I'll get, and he gets mad and he's like, no, I can just go get it. I'm like, well, if you're going to take the time to go out, you might as well stop here, here, and here. And he'll be like, nope, I'm just going to the store. Right. Okay. And so see, see, men, we're actually jealous in a way that we, we, you can do it and we can't like our, Correct. our minds go insane and we apologize. I apologize at least mm-hmm. because I wish I could control it, but my mind just goes, what? But that's, I think the, the true fact about distractions in any place, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have them in everyday life and um, especially at work. I, uh, I heard a, I, I like doing this podcast, but I love listening to podcasts too, of course. Mm-hmm. I was listening to one and this gentleman wrote a book about getting out of your comfort zone. And he's also a professor at a school. 
and um, at a college at a university. And the one stat he found and he couldn't believe it was that, okay, I'm going to say the wrong thing, but what do they call phone time or visual time on your phone or something? I guess there's Mm -hmm. a way you can track how, how long you're looking at your phone screen time. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. See right over my head. (laughs) So he said, there's a stat out there that they said the average screen time people is 11 hours. He's like 11 hours. And I, I mean, my jaw dropped. I'm like, that's almost half of the day. Who's doing that? You know? So he's a professor at this university. And uh, one of the first things was, is he gets into this conversation with distractions and things and, he has his students to take out their phones and look at their screen time, just live, like right, right there. Right. And a lot of them said average was eight to nine hours, eight to nine hours. Yes. Per day. I know. So that being said, I took that information as no kidding. I mean, we're so distracted more than ever now because of our phones, social media, um, everything. So it, (laughs) I don't know about you, Nicole, but if I have to watch live television, like a sporting event, a sports show, or just, I'm watching a rerun of one of my favorite sitcoms at night before I go to bed, every time a commercial comes on, I can't watch the commercial. I pick up my phone and I got to distract myself from the Mm -hmm. boring commercial, you know? And anyway, the conversation was interesting, goes on how we always, our mind is just always going and, and always, we never let it breathe because we have all this information on our fingertips at all times. And we'll actually be, we'll perform a lot better if we let our minds breathe, if we can stop all these distractions, like in those brief moments, picking up the phone and keep feeding more information. Cause I know, I mean, you know, when you pick up your phone, you get on one social media site, you get bored with it, you jump to the other, then you're reading an article on something else and you constantly re-stimulate your brain. I think, I think you and I know I, over time, I think it's good to stimulate your brain. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but the overuse and distractions over time, we need to let it breathe. Sometimes we need to like pause, have some silence. And I think that's what I've learned about myself. That's the hardest thing for me is when it's, you know, super quiet and I'm trying, you know, and there's a million things going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Nicole. Like I just, I feel like, oh, I better even listen to music. I better put something on, you know, like I need right. something to yeah, kind of redirect me if this is making sense, but it is, it's totally making sense. And I, I have a couple things to, to build on this. So, um, first thing, you know, we've talked about this here on the podcast before at Toscano, internal phone calls, we have got cameras so we can see each other. It doesn't matter. You know, we've got people all over the country here um, that work at the agency. um, And many people are still home because of COVID. So we're all all over the place. But with that camera, you know, it helps us to connect and, you know, feel like relationship growing and developing. However, the one thing I hate about it is, you know, when you're just on the phone with somebody, you can kind of tell by their responses if they're actually paying attention to you or if they're being distracted and trying to do something else. It's even worse when you have a video in front of you and somebody is blatantly typing, 
not looking at you on the screen and working on something else. I have now gotten to the point where I actually snap my finger. Are you paying attention to me? I need your full attention right now. Like this is really important. When that happens, and I know many of us have done this and we don't do it to intentionally hurt people. We do it because we're trying to get a lot done. We're trying to multitask and think that that's going to help us to get ahead in our overflowing amount of work. It actually really starts to be detrimental to a relationship. When you're taking the time to explain something to somebody or ask somebody for advice or communicate with them about something for some reason, and they're blatantly not even looking at you and working on something else, that's really hurtful. It makes you feel as though the information you're sharing with them isn't important. You aren't important to them. All of those things can start to happen and it really starts to break relationships. Now, I'm not going to sit here and make excuses. I understand we're all busy. However, relationships are priceless, absolutely priceless. You really think you can't stop to wait to type that email up, which isn't going to make sense anyways. After you're done, you're going to have to touch it all over again at the end, or you're going to send it out. You're going to screw stuff up because you weren't really paying attention. You're going to have to correct it again. Like if you really start to think about this stuff, we think we're being so efficient and getting a bazillion things done. And we're like superwoman or superman and we're doing this and blah, blah, blah. And we're just really screwing up left and right. Like, you know, not fun. Here's my second example or something. And this just happened this week. So many of you know that I'm in charge of the education here at the agency. I write, develop, and teach monthly CE classes for multiple states. And I do the same topic three times each month and then move on to a new topic for the next month. So there's a lot of work that goes into this. And we use specialized software. We have to um, conduct polling questions that pop up on the screen so I can tell the state if everyone's paying attention You know, I ask for interaction from folks like you would if it was in person to keep people awake, alive, well, know that they're there. Um, And then I also have to monitor to make sure that everybody's okay and their technology is working and all of these things. So we're to the point where we've got hundreds of people on our classes. Like this past week, we had over 300. It was our biggest class ever. And um, we've hired we've hired a marketing associate to help um, both David and myself on this team with some of our stuff that's just overflowing. So I, I said to her, her name is Amanda. I'm like, okay, Amanda, I really need I, I need your help. I need you to sit here as an admin in the background, view you know the correspondence that happens while I'm teaching here, so you can figure out a way to come in here and help me with this. So she's doing in the background this past week for this big class and. You know, I'm asking for interaction. The interaction questions are coming up. I'm reading them out loud. It's all live. I'm launching the polling questions. There's six of them with multiple choice answers. I'm dealing with people who are having audio problems and video problems. All of this while I'm teaching a class, reading my notes on the screen, I'm doing this. You know, if you want to talk about multitasking, that's multitasking. Like there's six things while I'm teaching this class. And she says to me afterwards, she's like, I don't know how you did that. I'm like, well, you know the process, this, that, and the other thing. How did you concentrate really on what you were doing? And this is how I'm going to compare this. Have you ever driven somewhere and don't remember how you got there? Uh, Yeah, happens Mm -hmm. all the time. This happens to me every time I teach the class. You go into autopilot. I am, absolutely. And I don't want to be an autopilot. I know I can give good 
good quality in what I'm doing, but I know I could get even better quality if I didn't have to be an autopilot. And it really made me take a step back. And that's kind of how this class started to develop or this topic for the podcast today started to develop. I was just like, holy moly. So how many of you are on autopilot and don't realize you're on autopilot? Right. Scary. Yeah, it's scary. It is. I mean, any in in one facet, I mean, it's amazing what, what your brain can comprehend at one point and you can translate it all, but then you sit back and think, well, what did I overlook? Did something else need special attention that I didn't get to because I was on autopilot trying to, because the brain can only really focus, really focus, focus on probably, you know, one main thing to tackle a problem. I don't know the capability. I'm not, you know, psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever they are, but reality, if you're doing 10 things at one time, you're going to do them all probably more mediocre than if you would you know, let's say you only did three things, you'll probably get one thing more in detail than the other two. Um, So you're right. How do you, but see in that setting, how do you break from it? You know, and like you ask for help, that's the best thing you can do, especially in situations where you have everything being thrown at you and you feel suffocated. And and I just don't know where to start. I can't, or I started 15 things and I can't get one of them done, yeah. you know, um, but in your situation, that's a live event. I mean, what do you, what do you do? So hopefully over time, you know, your helper, um, this other amazing woman in our marketing team is going to help you with that, overcome that. And then you can just focus on that. But sometimes we don't have someone or, or all the times, like certain days you can't predict. And all of a sudden, like you're getting curveballs thrown at you all day long. And um the other night, speaking of that's why I said this topic hit me hard this week. It's coming into the week with some big things on my workload, you know, and, and um big policies, you know, just just more challenging issues going on. And they all kind of started to come together. And there was a night this week that it woke me up at like two in the morning and there was at least four things that I thought about at two in the morning that I need, I really, really, really just want to need to get done, wanted to get done. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I barely fell back to sleep, tossed and turned until I got up and whatever. And on my run, I thought to myself, self, <laughs> um, why don't you write those things down? And I know this seems like we talk about the stuff, but I don't actually take the action, you know, to do it. Mm. I said, so when you get back, why don't you write those things down that you really need to tackle? And Nicole, you've told me this before, you know, but I actually did it and I wrote it all down. And my goal was to hopefully get it done in a day, but realistically knowing I'd have distractions and other things, as long as I can get a good, at least one of them tackled the other ones started because they were they're they're multifaceted there was multiple parts to each of them um i would just feel better and i did even though i didn't get them all done actually took me at least honestly till today to finalize some the last piece of the last one um and now of course i have other ones in the pipeline that i'm starting to look towards but something happened where I just felt like I could focus a little more because I had this list to go back to. So I don't know if this is a helpful hint to anybody or like you said, with your route, with your kid, when your kids at her class, you know, you have that, you have your list scheduled down. Like, you know, everything you're doing, like you kind of, you don't have to write it down anymore. You know what you're doing, you know, 
Mm-hmm. But um, you have a mental list of what you're doing. So if that helps, I'm up, I'm up open to any suggestions, Nicole, whatever else you have to throw out there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, we identified some of the major distractions that happen with us. And, you know, when we get out of balance, that's when we're waking up in the middle of the night, remembering something that we didn't get done. And what happens then? Then you're tired and your focus isn't as good because you're tired. It, it's just this revolving cycle. Like it just continues and continues and continues. So we have to stop it somehow, you know, and multitasking is not going to be the answer, but removing those distractions can be so very helpful um, to stop the multitasking too, you know, and making sure that you're taking the time to listen because multitasking really, number one, removes listening. And that is the foundation for inefficiency, really. You know, when we stop listening, we're, we're just, this is not going to work. It's not going to work. Um, and it's going to affect us, not just on the individual level, when it comes down to professional settings, it's going to affect the organizational level as well. It is going to just kind of spread like wildfire. So really important. I know we talk about this all the time. Turn off your notifications on your phone. Don't have notifications on your work stuff. Like you don't need to know what's going on with the news while you're at work. Don't let that pop up because the second it does, it's distracting you. You're multitasking because now you're reading this when you're in the middle of doing that and you got to reset again. You know, we've, we've talked about that in the podcast. I know I've taught webinars on it too. You know, removing all those distractions is one of the best things that you can do to remain focused um, and just to really respect your colleagues when they're talking to you or your spouse. How many of us half listen to people? Like, right. it's right. terrible. I have to tell you this, and not, I don't want this to come out wrong at all, but so in our workloads, we have a management system that helps organize a lot of things that we have to do. And then we also have our emails that come in and come in. And um, But I've heard over time that a lot of people have to turn off, you know, when you get an email, there's a little yellow envelope that pops mm-hmm. up. We had to, some people had to turn them off because yeah. with everything that's t- we had to do in this management system, every time that envelope came in, we were stopping what we were doing, which had to be done too. Usually came from an, another email, you know, that got routed into mm-hmm. the system, and we're refocusing. So, and, and organizing your day that once an hour, get in and look at your emails, but get rid of that icon showing you there's new ones in there, because if you do that and every two seconds, another one comes in, you're going to keep, you know, stopping what you're doing and not finishing your task at hand. And it's so weird. Like you said about efficiency, that's always what I think I strive for. I just want to be more efficient. I want to be more efficient. And I know I'm guilty, so guilty of this multitasking thing. And I'm like, you're going against everything that you're trying to be now. Right. I think I found efficiencies in my multitasking. I don't know. That's not right. It's like an oxymoron probably. But uh, anyway, just certain little things like that. Mm-hmm. If you can reschedule and retrain your brain to kind of do that, but you don't know how much, like you said, those little notifications really, really throw you off. Yeah, it does big time, you know, and yours might be, um, just that little envelope that comes up when you get, um, a new email. So I'm worse than that. My, <laughs> my notification pops up and it starts to tell me the first couple sentences of the email, who it's from the subject line. And my eye will go there and I'm like, 
oh man, and my brain's already thinking about that and I'm not doing this. So I'm at the point now where I actually, so I access a virtual machine that's in Greensburg from my home here, working from home. I actually minimize that whole thing so I can't see any of the distractions coming up from that. I'm actually working on my laptop on my other monitor and that second monitor where I usually have my virtual machines completely shut down so I don't see any distraction and I will set a timer, work hard for 45 minutes on whatever content it is that I'm writing over here, then I will come back over because if I see that email pop up or if I see an instant message come through in our messaging system, done absolutely done. It's gone. I can't right. do it. Like I have stopped that type of multitasking because I've, it, it, it's ineffective for me because, for, and we talked about this before to get back into the mode where I need to be, to be able to write, to create, to think, I can't even listen to music at that point anymore because right. it, my yeah, head just starts singing and I can't concentrate on what I'm writing. Like I can't do it. So right. Right. There's the days like I'm you need at. the silence, right? <laughs> Yeah. So just really good idea, but just being mindful, like I said, respecting your colleagues, your loved ones, those people who are taking the time to communicate with you, you know, we need to respect the fact that they're talking with us and that we're not distracted because it can be very damaging to relationships. And then people carry around resentment and they have all these awful, horrible feelings they're carrying around. You know, you start to feel like the person doesn't care about you, all of those sorts of things. And that's just not a great spot to be in. So We'd like to hear from you guys. Tell us about your experiences. Tell us about your multitasking stories and things that uh, you do to help you to stop being distracted. You can email us podcast at Toscano.com. We'd love to hear from you. Dana, thanks so much. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks. You too, Nicole. Bye everyone. See you next week. Oh,